So uh, we're, we're starting a new series this evening. Uh, and if we can go ahead and put the graphic up on the screen, I'm not trying to hide any controversy, I guess. I guess you, it's kind of hard to see, I suppose. Um, we might have to get it on those screens next week. But uh, so it says, let's, let's say gay, right? A uh, series on homosexuality and gender. I'm not trying to hide anything. Um, this is going to be possibly a controversial series, um, but we're, we're going to do it in, in, in love. And th- we got the idea for this series uh, last, from last year. There, there was a governor in Florida that made, uh, signed this bill into practice, in, into law, that was basically saying in, in Florida, uh, schools, public schools weren't allowed to teach on uh, sexuality and gender and things of that nature, uh, not just in, like all of school, but like from, from kindergarten through third grade. It was just kindergarten through third grade. And uh, proponents of uh, the LGBT agenda were, were very upset about that, of course, and they coined the term the um, uh, don't say gay bill, don't say gay. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking about it, and really, uh, you know, regardless of w- what your political stance is on that, whether or not it should be taught in schools, that's, you know, that's irrelevant for tonight. Um, but really, the idea of, like, don't say gay, like, don't talk about homosexuality, was really an idea, a concept that was first birthed in the church. Um, because if you look through church history, especially in the past you know, 20, 30, 40 years, homosexuality and even the topic of sex felt and seemed like a no-no subject, right? In some churches, you would hear people talking about it, but in the church at large, it, it appeared to be this subject, right? Homosexuality, gender, uh, and even sex itself, the topic of sex was like this dirty thing that, that you don't want to want to discuss. And I think because of that, I believe because of that, uh, Satan has taken uh, the, the advantage of educating the world, educating the church with what he would want them to believe about sex and homosexuality and gender. Uh, when the church gets silence, right, someone else is going to fill that vacuum of, of truth. And so what we're doing in this series, right, we're not trying to just be a jerk or something in, in, in the title, Let's Say Gay. Um, we, we're saying, let's, let's talk about this. Let's, let's, let's not pretend like this is a no-no subject, like this isn't happening. It's happening, right? And even in terms of sex, you know, sex in a, in a marriage covenant, it's a great thing. Read Songs of Solomon. You'll be very excited to be married one day whenever you read Songs of Solomon. You know, it's, but that's how we should treat sex. And so we're talking, we're, we're saying, let's say gay. Let's talk about this subject. We're bringing back into the church what should have been being discussed in the church at large, not this church, but in the church at large. We're, we're bringing back what should be, should have been discussed uh, all, all along. And so before we go any further, I find it very important for us as we start this series to set some ground rules. We're going we're gonna to be spending the, this February and March, uh, seven, about seven weeks total, 
talking about this topic because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, gender, uh, transsexuals, um, homosexuality, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. Um, so there's a lot to talk about. And so since we're, we're going to be talking about this, and since it is a very sensitive subject, there's having some ground rules is very, very important because of one big reason. And that's because Satan works through offense. Satan works through offense. So if you look in the very beginning of the Bible in the Garden of Eden with the very first two people, Adam and Eve, we find the, the story, the accounts where they eat the apple, right? They eat the apple and they sin. And the reason why that happened was because Satan had got them offended at God, right? Eve specifically. She was away from husband, so Satan went to her. Uh, there's a lot we could talk about there, but um, they, he got them offended at God. And because of that, they, they went and basically disobeyed, disobeyed the Lord. Basically, what had happened whenever... They were Satan was questioning them about God and his intentions and things. What he, what he accomplished was he made them not want to receive anything else from God. Because they had like a close encounter, walk with the Lord. They literally walked and talked with God, the Bible says. Like we would walk and talk together. And so Satan is bringing up all these questions about God's character and God's intentions they could have easily just went to God and asked him about it. They could have easily just approached God and said, hey, there's this snake that is like telling me this stuff about you. Is this true? Instead, they, they got offended and it made them not want to have a relationship anymore. They, at that point, they did not care what God had to say anymore and instead just, just wanted to rebel and get back at, at God and try to, try to become like him, even though they were already made like him, a lie of Satan. And so offense, what it does is it restricts you from, from truth. It restricts you from, from knowledge. It restricts you from, from being open and willing to receive. Offense restricts you. And so you can best bet that, Satan in this series, he's going to try to get you offended because he wants to restrict you and prevent you from being willing to receive. He's, he's wanting, he, will, he will do everything in, he, in his power to get you offended at me, to get you offended at the Bible, to get you offended at this church, to get you offended at another leader. He will do at another student. He'll, he'll get you offended at the songs we're singing. He'll do everything he can to get you offended so that we can't even discuss anymore, that we can't even talk, that you're like Eve in the sense that you don't even want to want to associate with me anymore, let alone have a discussion to talk about truth, which is what we're just trying to achieve in this series, right? Let's get to the bottom of it. What is, what is the truth here? We'll talk more about that tonight. Um, so, so it's important for us to have ground rules because if we can have a level of mutual understanding in how we're approaching this series, then it prevents or at least helps to prevent that offense from arising. And so I have three ground rules of mutual understanding for us all. So this is for, for me. It involves me as much as it involves you. So the first ground rule is, is this, and I want you to take notes. So you have, you have we handed out note papers, um, so I'll explain more of that here in a second, but 
uh, I want you to be writing things down so that you remember these things. So the first one is give me a clean plate. That's the first, that's the first ground rule. And me is in Josiah. Give Josiah a clean plate. What I mean by that is uh, I'm asking you to agree to not bring any previous church hurt into, onto the table of this discussion. Um, and I say that with all the compassion in my heart because I understand that homosexuality has been um, completely misconstrued and mistreated when it comes to the church and how the church has viewed it. Because the church at large, when I say the church, I'm meaning at large, a generalization, they've acted like homosexuality is the worst thing in the freaking world. Like it, like it, like God forbid, like you'd rather be a child rapist, uh, shooting people, serial killer, than be a gay person. You know, like they've treated it like that. And uh, of course, that just, you know, it makes people not want to ha- care what you have to say. And so a part of what, we're, what I'm trying to do in this series is just to like get rid of all those, all the stigmatism and, um, you know, I, just treat, treat, treat this subject with, with grace, but also with truth. So I ask that you would just give me a clean plate and not bring any previous church or other stuff that people has made you mad. Don't bring that into this in this discussion. Agree with me there. Uh, another one, the second one, is give me grace. Give me grace. So, you know, I'm, I'm not, we are not, as a church, as a youth, we're not picking on gay people, okay? We're not picking on homosexuals. We're not picking on trans, uh, you know, people who are transgendered. We're not picking on, we're not picking on the LGBT community, um, and that might be confusing because you're saying, well, we're literally having an entire series on homosexuality. Like, what do you, on the LGBT culture, what do you mean you're not picking on them? So a part of that is just this understanding reality, and it's that we, we do series about big things. We do series about big topics. We just came out of a series, if you were with us last month, on emotions, we spent time talking about emotions. Uh, we, we, spent, we spent a whole series uh, recently on grace. You know, we, we, we talk about sin, right? We talk about Bible topics, and homosexuality happens to be a Bible topic, and uh, it's one that is very, very big in culture right now, just like emotions is. And so uh, we, we're doing this series not to pick on gay people, people who identify as gay, but because this is an important, big issue. And, you know, we'll get into it more in this series, but, you know, we, we believe that, that homosexuality is a sin. And so, you know, if you, if you think about it, you know, we, we believe that sin results in hell. If you think about it, if we really believe that, you know, if you really believe that someone is about to be ran over by a train, you're going to do everything you can to prevent them from getting ran over. You know what I'm saying? And so we really believe that sin results in hell and that homosexuality is just among the list of sins that the Bible describes. Uh, And so, you know, give me grace in the sense that I'm trying my best to do this in grace and uh, in grace and truth, that I'm trying to be truthful, but also gracious and understanding and um, 
you know, I'm coming at this from a point of love. I'm, I'm trying to. And so second point is give me grace. Number one, give me a clean plate. Number two, give me grace. Number three is give me patience. Give me patience. So, you know, I, I can't possibly answer all of the questions and potential contradictions that you have about homosexuality in one single message. And maybe not in seven. I'm going to try my best. Um, but I can't possibly answer all of your contradictions. And that, that's important to, to understand in the questions. That's important to understand because what's, as I'm talking, you will remember things that you've heard other people have said before. And Satan, in trying to get you offended at me, will like bring those things, try to bring those things back to you. Um, and and will use, like say for example, uh, one of the common questions is, you know, well, I, Jesus didn't say anything about homosexuality. Um, and so we'll, we'll look more into that in this series. But like, as I'm talking, he'll use things like that to put things like that in your head uh, to make you discount or discredit what I'm saying. You're like, well, he didn't say anything about that. So, you know, he doesn't know anything. Well, I, I can't, I can only say so much in one single message. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, a part of the reason why we're giving you notes is because, one, we want to encourage you to take notes because note-takers are history makers, right? But then, on top of that, it, you write those things down. Like, if you have genuine I want to know your questions, and I want to know your concerns. And so, if, if you write it down, you'll be able to remember this entire series. And so, eventually, I might speak to that. I might speak about the question that you have. Uh, but if I don't, what we're going to do at the very end of the series uh, the very last night in, in March is we're going to have a Q&A about homosexuality, uh, transgenderism, th the works, uh, the LGBT stuff, and it'll be anonymous. So you'll be able to submit. If I didn't answer one of your specific questions, you'll be able to submit whatever question you have, and we will do our best to, to respond to it. So give me, give me a clean plate. Give me grace. Give me patience. We good? Can we agree? Okay. So let's, let's pray. Uh, before we start, and then uh, we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we just ask that your presence would just surround us this evening and throughout this entire series. Uh, God, we want to know truth. God, we, we want to know what you have to say. And so we, we pray against any offense that Satan might, uh, might try to cause in us. And God, we, we ask that you'd help us to be open and to receive. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, I am pr a pretty skeptical, uh, skeptical person. Uh, when someone tells me something, a fact about something that I in particular think I might know, uh, I am very quick to not to believe them, but want to like look it up and like find out the truth for myself. Anybody else, can you relate to that? You're like, mm, no, I don't think the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 1944. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're just like, you're going to look it up. Uh, and so that, that happens to me all the time. The other day, uh, we took our daughters to this bouncy house place in Nutter Fort. And whenever we got home, I noticed that the tops of Aria's hands around her fingers were super red. Um, it looked like a rash. And she kept saying like they were itchy. She was scratching them. And so I, uh, you know, I tell Alyssa, my wife, and 
I'm like, hey, like, did you, did you notice her hands? Like, what, what's going on here? And she's like, yeah, like, that's happened before. Like, it, uh, her hands are just dry. And so I'm like, <laughs> no, they ain't just dry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like look this up. So I spent, you know how you do, you like, you're like looking through every single article on, uh, on Google. You're like Googling pictures and you're like, that is disgusting. Why did I, and then you're just scrolling past it. And, um, uh, have you ever seen those pictures with like holes? People like holes? Haha, yeah. <laughs> I knew how to get somebody. Uh, and, um, and so, you know, and so eventually, you know, if you're looking at like WebMD and stuff, for, somehow you always come to the conclusion, I, I'm dying. Like I'm, I'm dying. You know, my hands are falling off. No. So like I, I came to like this conclusion that she, uh, she was having an allergic reaction to the, uh, uh, I want to say, what, what is it? Not the foam pit, the the vinyl. I didn't write the I didn't write the word down. Or the rubber. What is the word? I didn't write the word down. Latex. Thank you. I didn't write the word down. Latex. Uh, and um, and so I, you know, I was convinced. Like, okay, this is what it is. So then I went and got like Benadryl cream and put it on her fingers and stuff. And so I was like hoping that I was going to be right. You know what I'm saying? Like more than more than I was hoping. Like, oh, it's going to be okay. I'm just kidding. No. Um, but like, you want to be right. Well, this is, it's funny because, I'll just say this, Alyssa, don't worry. My wife is a medical professional, okay? I'll just leave it there. What, what that is, you can ask her, okay? Um, she, she's still probably mad at me for saying that because um, she doesn't want, to, want people to know what she does. So anyway, uh, my wife's a medical professional. So, like, if anybody's going to know what's wrong with Aria's hands, it's going to be my wife and not me certainly not me and not me if even if I'm googling something for 10 minutes you know what I'm saying like it, it's not gonna be me um, and so I get it that you know I, I'm not necessarily proud of my distrust in people but I just I have an affinity for the truth right uh, the truth matters to me I want to know what's true the truth matters and even if you take this scenario with Aria's hands I didn't, you know, part of it is like, no, like, it's just dry. No, 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 that's not just dry. Because I don't want it to be just dry. And then three days later, her hands are the size of tennis balls. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, you know, what's at stake here? So, you know, I, I don't want it to be just dry. I want to know, actually, what's true so that I can respond to it properly. You know, what's, what's true matters a lot. And if it matters when it comes to trivial things or relatively small things, like, uh, by the way, her hands are fine. Her fingers are her, her doing great. She's doing great. Um, you know, if it matters, like, with things just, like, as a little maybe adverse reaction, if it matters with little things, it certainly matters when it comes to uh, matters of life and death and heaven and hell. And certainly... Uh, this topic, overarching topic of LGBT or, or homosexuality. Certainly matters, what, knowing what's true certainly matters in this context as well. Look with me in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll start reading in verse 9. It says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? 
Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or, or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. That's talking about heaven. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So this scripture, it says, you know, those who practice homosexuality will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, uh, if, if you don't believe this way, then you are probably thinking, yeah, okay, well, that's what you believe. Like, that's just what you think, right? Um, but, but hear me out. So this is someone saying this. Like, someone is saying that people who practice homosexuality will not inherit the kingdom of God. Someone is saying it. Something, well, however you want to word it. Someone, something is saying this. And the fact that someone is talking in these terms should at least spark our interest and attention, right? So if someone came came into the service and they interrupted the, the service and they were like, hey, uh, I don't know why I put my hand over the microphone. Uh, like, hey, there's someone with a red car out there. You left your windows down and it's starting to rain. So like everyone with a red car is going to be like, oh, crap. You, you know, uh, like they're at least going to go out there and see if it's raining. You know what I'm saying? They're at least going to go check, even if they don't know the person, even if it's like some random person, some Edward Scissorhands. OK, I don't know why I came up with that name. You know, it's like it's going to be. Like, it's still going to be like, okay, this is worth finding out, right, if it's actually, if this is actually happening, if this is actually true. They're not just going to just, you know, like, oh, screw that guy. He, he, what does he know? He doesn't know anything about the weather. I don't see meteorologists on your shirt, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, like, you're, even if it's someone, and, okay, so you don't know who wrote this, okay, like, we, we do know the authors of the, the, the scripture, but... Uh, you know, like you don't know. So then it, it but it still doesn't matter. It's like the fact that someone is saying it, someone is bringing this to attention. Someone is talking about heaven and hell and, and, and righteousness and sin and is listing homosexuality as one among many of the sins that's, that results in hell. This, this should like, be like, okay, I, this is worth pursuing, right? Like, I'm going to find this out because I, I, I don't want to tell people that homosexuality is a sin if it's not actually a sin. And I, I don't want to practice homosexuality if this is actually true. You know what I'm saying? Like, someone is saying it. And if we would get worked up over someone coming in here saying that there's a red car with their windows down and it's raining, then we should certainly care about someone talking about matters of heaven, hell. Like, if this is worth pursuing. You, you agree? Like, we, we should want to know what, what the truth is here. So then that, that, leaves, that leaves the question, where do we look? Right? Where, where do we go 
to find out the truth. What's true? Where do we go to find out what's true? And I think this is a, a huge question that needs answered in our society right now. Because if you look at culture, it's, it's, it's like there are, metaphorically speaking, there are a thousand different voices saying a thousand different things, right? Like how many different, how many different religions are there now? How many, too, too many. How, how many different philosophies are there? How many different political points of view, right? For the longest time, it was Republican, Democratic, and now there's like 45 other things on the ballot cards. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what these mean, right? How many different political points of view are there? Uh, within each religion, there's sex. You know, there's like sex in Buddhism and Islam, and in, even in Christianity, there's sex, if you will. I mean, how many different denominations are there? Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal. I don't, I don't even know if I can name them all. Uh, you know, you know, now, it's, it's, okay, how many different genders are there? How, how, how many, did you say eight? Um, how, how many different, you know, how, how many different, uh, how, you know, can, can a, a man can be a woman? You know, th- this is confusing. You know what I'm saying? Th- this, this is confusing. People are confused. People don't know what, what truth is. There's a thousand different voices saying a thousand different things. It's like, uh, you know, a guy can be a woman, but also nobody really knows what a woman is anymore. Unless, and I'm not, I'm not making fun. I'm like, these are genuine questions. <laughs> like, the, and it's an illustration of the fact that what, what the heck is going on? Like, what are we even, what's even true anymore? Um, and uh, so, you know, what's, uh, what's, a man can be a woman, but we don't really know what a woman is unless the man thinks he's a woman and then transitions to become a woman. Then we know for certainty that he's actually a woman. Like That doesn't make any sense. You, you know, the, the binary, non-binary, genders, you know, cisgender, and I don't even know all the terms. It's like there's so many different voices saying so many different things. No wonder it's no wonder that your generation has just adopted the baseline, my truth. It's no, no wonder. I don't blame them because it's, it's freaking confusing trying to figure out what's actually true anymore. I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at people for, you know, I, be, I believe homosexuality is a sin. I'm not, I don't like hate people that are wrong. Like, you're idiots. No, you're, people are confused because it's confusing. It's confusing. And... Um, and so it's no wonder that people just adopt this, this my truth, my truth mentality, right? My, my truth is, is all, all religions lead to the same place, which that doesn't make any sense because all religions don't even talk about the same destination. Um, you know, my, my truth is I'm, I'm, I'm a man. My, my truth is, is that there's, there's no such thing as gender. My truth is, you know, you fill in the blank, my truth. But th- there isn't my truth, there is the truth. There isn't my truth, there's the truth. Look with me and, at Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Oops. It says, what sorrow for those who say 
that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What's our for those... What's sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil. So there's, there's a few different things that we can get out of this scripture, out of this passage. And one of them is that people have a propensity to be confused. People have a, an ability, a fallacy, a propensity to get things backwards, right? To, that, that it says that people are calling something good when it really should be considered evil and or people are calling something evil when really it should be good that people have a propensity to get things backwards and if if there's a an ability to get things backwards that means that there's a way that things should be right so uh, Aria my, my oldest daughter uh, sometimes you know she's learning how to put on her shoes and tie her shoes and I remember through the years, she would often put her shoes on backwards, right? She would put them on the wrong feet. Well, how do I know that they're backwards? Because there was, the shoes were designed in a way to be made for a specific foot. The right shoe, right foot. Left shoe, left foot, right? And through uh, practiced observation, right, through years of observing, you can learn to tell the difference between the two. That is a left shoe. That is a right shoe, right? Uh, but sometimes and often she would argue with me. She would say, no, 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 I have them on the, I have them on the right feet. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you know, like you, you, you know, your, your opinion when it comes to truth, it, my opinion, your opinion, ours, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't change just because she felt like she had them on the right feet doesn't change the truth that they were actually on the wrong feet, that she had it backwards. And then, you know, if you look at just this, so you, you can apply that to, to, to this subject and that, you know, we can, you know, we can get things backwards. We, ha we have the propensity to be confused about humans, about what's right and wrong about what's righteous and, and sinful. People have a propensity to get things backwards and there is a way that, that things are meant to be. There is a way that God designed things to be. We're gonna talk about this more in the series, but there's a, there can be a backwards because there is a right, because there is a truth. And when you start going down the path of my truth, it's, it's actually a very scary path to go down because since you have the propensity to be wrong, who's to say that you're not wrong? How do you, how then do you, if it's your truth, what, what if you're wrong? What if your truth isn't the truth, right? What if your truth is that your shoes are on the right feet, but they're actually on the wrong feet, and you've just been living that way your whole life? You know, the shoe analogy is a funny one, but like, what, what about matters of, of porn? Eh, it doesn't really matter. If, if guys took up porn before they're married, eh, it's not, it's not lust because you're not married yet, you know. Uh, you know, fill it in with homosexuality because this isn't about picking on homosexuals even. This is about truth in general, right? This is just truth in general. That I, You know, my truth, what is my truth compared to the truth? So we've, we've got to know. My, my opinion, my opinion means nothing. I, I've got to know the truth, <laughs> I need to know the truth, not not that I want to. I've got to know the truth. What's actually right? How am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to think? How am I supposed to believe? I've got to know the truth. And so 
this is in a sorts a dilemma because, because people at large are all confused. There's, there's a thousand different voices saying a thousand different things. And then my truth isn't really reliable. It's not objective. It's completely subjective. It's, a, it's, it's quite literally your opinion. But your opinion on a matter doesn't change what's actually true. So, so then how do we go about finding truth? How do we go about finding truth? Well, I, I've got great news tonight. I have good news. I've, I found truth. I found truth. And you can too. And tr- truth is in a person. It's in a name the name of Jesus Christ. In, in John chapter 14, verse six, Jesus, he says this, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is truth. He is truth. Jesus, he, the, the Bible says that he's the word. The word was with God and the word was God. That the word that Jesus was with God before the beginning of time, before the, the creation of the world, Jesus was with God. And then it, the Bible tells us how Jesus, how he came to earth in the form of a baby. He was born of a virgin. And then how he lived a completely sinless life and then died on the cross for our sins. He, di- he died so that we could be free, died so that we could be, be right with God. Jesus, he says himself in John 3, 16. Alyssa actually quoted it a little bit ago. This is, Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus, Jesus isn't a way. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Jesus, he, he loves you. He cares about you. He died specifically for you. We've talked about it pretty much all service of what the great links that Jesus has gone gone through so that you could be made right with God. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. The Bible says, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 45, verse four, it says, for the sake of Jacob, my servant and of Israel, my chosen, I've called you by your name. I've given you an honorable name, though you've not known me. I I absolutely love this verse because it's so personal, so personal. God says, "I, I have called you by name. God knows you. God, God knows you. He knows you by name. The Bible says that that God created you in your mother's womb. He formed your innermost parts, that God, God knows you and he calls you to himself by your very name. And I believe that God is calling people to himself tonight. He calls you by name, but then he says he gives you an honorable name. He gives you an honorable name. It means a blessing and hope. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. An honorable name, an honorable life, a good life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that all may have life and life to the full. He loves you. Jesus loves you. But I could just be up here and to you seeming like another voice in the mix of a crowd of a thousand people. And often it seems like, it seems like it's who, the way that we go and the route that we take is, is kind of like being in a dark room and trying to find our way out. 
and it's just like the loudest voice is the one that's gonna win. Like whoever's screaming the loudest. And like you can, sometimes people think, oh, this is just an emotional experience. And it's just, just in this moment, you feel something different, but then later you're like, you're gonna be fine. So like, really the question is, how, how do I know that this, that this is the truth? Because this is just a book, you know? This is just your opinion of, of just this book. You believe in the book. And, you know, I could talk, and I, I suppose there's some value in it. I could talk about, you know, the validity of, of the Bible as the word of God and our understanding of how the Bible was compiled. I think there's some value in that and, and all the thousands of different manuscripts they have of just the New Testament alone. I think there's like over 10,000. Could, we could spend time like talking about the logical arguments and everything and try to like hit your head, meaning like with, you know, touch, touch your head, your knowledge. But, but like the, the, the difference between the gospel and all the other voices in the world is that the gospel is the only voice of power. With the gospel is power. Paul, he, he said it in Romans 1.16. He says, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, saving those who believe. The power of God. There's power in the message of Jesus Christ. When you say the name of Jesus, people get set free from depression, from anxiety, from, from cutting. When you say the name of Jesus, people get healed. Pe people's blind eyes get open. Deaf ears. I, I, I've been in miracle services tons of times, more times than I can count now. Watch people healed left and right, left and right. This is because Jesus is alive. Jesus, he died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose and he's, he's in heaven right now with God. There's the, the message of the gospel is truth because it's the, it's the only message that carries power with it. And I believe that you can actually feel it right now. You can feel the power of God at work, pull, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit drawing you to himself because that's what the work of the Holy Spirit does. We sung about it tonight, the song Reckless Love. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is drawing all men unto himself. Jesus, he says, if I would be lifted up on the cross, I would draw all men unto myself. God is drawing you to himself right now and you feel it and you know it. And you can try to suppress it and pretend like you don't, you're, you know, you're in some emotional euphoria. No, this is the power of God at work tonight, of God drawing you to himself. Somebody say the power of God. And so all that's left is your response. All that's left is your response. If this is truth, then how, how you respond to truth is just by submitting to it. By saying, okay, God, I might not understand everything in my head, but there's something in here that's telling me this is true. I can't necessarily explain it. It doesn't necessarily fit with how I've been living, how I've been believing, how I've been thinking, but I, I know the power of God makes your eyes come open like that. That it's, I know this is the truth. I know it is. And nobody could ever convince me otherwise. This is the truth. God gives you that conviction of the reality of heaven and hell and righteousness and sin. This is the truth. It puts it on the inside of you through the gospel which is what we're preaching tonight.
And so our response is just to submit to it, to say, okay, God, if this is your way, if this is your will, if this is, then I submit to it. It's, it's your way, not mine. Jesus, he said it like this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. He says, you must give up your own way. Give up your own way. You know, there's something very interesting in the world right now. And there's this, there's this overarching theme of just like acceptance, right? Affirmation and, and acceptance. So you just, you just accept, what's, what's king, what's most important is just like accepting people for who they are, just affirming what people want to believe. That's not what's most important. Truth is what's most important. I'm not gonna affirm my daughter has her shoes on the right feet when they're on the wrong feet. No, there's truth. Truth is most important. And the, the gospel's message isn't one of acceptance and affirmation. The gospel's message, as Jesus, as Jesus said, you must give up your own way, take up your own cross and follow me. Other scriptures say, you've got to die to yourself. It's not about me any longer. This, our response to truth is this is com completely you, God. Not how I want to live, not how I want to think, not how I want to believe. And this is more, way greater than homosexuality. This is about what I want to do with my life and my future and the plans that God has for me. It's about who I'm dating and who I'm marrying. This is everything that God, it's not me anymore. It's all you, Jesus. It's not my will, but your will be done as Jesus said himself. This is, this is the message of the gospel. It's not, oh, you're defined and you're just accepted. It's no, I've got to die. I've got to die to myself, die to my passions, die to my will, die to my ways and surrender completely to Jesus. That's why the Bible calls us his servants. We're, we're his servants. The Bible says we are paid with a price. Jesus bought us. It's a very terrible, uh, you know, met metaphor to say that we're slaves, that we're bought. But that's what we are to God. Even if you, you, even if you aren't living for him, the Bible says that Jesus bought us already. We were already purchased. We belong to God. We're purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so we, we, the way we respond to truth is we submit to it. We say, God, it's not, not my will, but your will. Not how I want to live anymore. It's about truth. Truth matters a lot. A rash on hands matters. This is heaven and hell. This matters. I want to know the truth and I'm going to submit to the truth. And when you give your life to God, we're going to lead you in, in a prayer tonight. But when you surrender your life to him, what happens is Jesus comes on the inside of you, right? He's in heaven, but he's in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is supernatural. And he gives you power to live in a way that pleases him. The Bible says that he gives us the right or the power to become sons of God. He gives us the power to do what pleases him. That's because Jesus has already been there. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 25, if you guys would turn there, Hebrews chapter four, verse 25. We got it on the screen, I might just off the screen. <laughs> Hebrews 4, 25. 
That's not right. It's for uh, 4.15, sorry, Hebrews 4.15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So this, this is talking about Jesus. And it says that he was tempted in every way as we are, yet he did not sin. He, he, he overcame what humanity wasn't able to do, which is to live righteously. He accomplished that. And so whenever we give our lives to him and surrender to him, his power to live righteously like that comes on the inside of us. The Bible says that we become a new creation. We get made brand new. And so it says, he's, it's just tempted in every way. And that's important, that's important. It says he empathizes with our weaknesses, empathizes with our struggles and our temptations. And we, he understands. Not, not sympathy, empathy. Not Sympathy is, oh, I feel bad for you and hope that you do better. Empathy is, I've been there. I've experienced that. And it says he was tempted in every way, every way. So we talk about this, and this is, this is a part of the whole thing where we're destigmatizing homosexuality, is, okay, well, Jesus, he, okay, he was tempted in every way. He was tempted to, to lust, and he was tempted to steal, maybe, and he was tempted. That means he was tempted to be gay. He was tempted with homosexual thoughts. Jesus. It's not blasphemy. It's scripture. Jesus himself was tempted with homosexual thoughts to do homosexual things. And he had to be, otherwise he wasn't a good enough sacrifice for you. He was tempted in every way and he overcame. And so his power can be imputed and given to you tonight to live righteously, whether it's homosexuality or whatever it is. You can be free. You can live in a way that pleases God. So we want to give you the opportunity tonight to surrender your life to him.